It's time for Dodger baseball. Bang! Bang! Oh, what a shot from Curry! There it goes! See ya! The sports department at WFUV and the history behind it are a story largely untold. That is, until now. The voices that have shaped the student-run station for the last seven decades dive into their time at Rose Hill. This is the Off the Air Podcast, the legacy of WFUV Sports. Welcome back to Off the Air, WFUV's podcast, where we honor the legacy of WFUV Sports and its alumni. I am Samantha Borer, here with Mike Calamari, and we have a very special guest today, multi-award winner, Miss Kelly Prinz. Yeah, I'm, I'm super excited to have this conversation, this interview with Kelly Prinz. So much that she's done since graduating from Fordham. And I, I think we're going to get into a lot of her Fordham experiences, but we're also going to get into her journey as a journalist after graduating from Fordham. Yeah, absolutely. She's covered a number of really, really different and cool topics in her time as a journalist. She did a whole year-long series on the opioid crisis and opioid epidemic, which I'm really excited to hear her talk about that because I know that that's something that is becoming much more prevalent in media. And she did a whole year-long series with profiles and everything like that. So I'm really excited to get her take. She also talked a lot about mental health in the community. So she's done some pretty amazing stuff. Yeah, she's done so much working in the community as a journalist, shedding light to, you know, things that might be harder to talk about, but important uh, discussions to have. And she's also done a lot in her own community, talk about what she's done in Connecticut, building, you know, her own coverage there with the Coastal Connecticut Times uh, news site. So she's been doing a lot since graduating from Fordham. But Sam, I'm also excited to hear what she has to say about WFV, her experiences at Fordham University as college kids, as people still at WFV. Yeah, absolutely. As beat reporters ourselves, I'm sure she'll have some very fun stories about her time because when she was at FUV, she covered the Jets, the Rangers, the Staten Island Yankees. So I think that she's bound to have some incredible stories like we all have some funny ones. So I'm really, really excited to hear what she has to say about her time when she was here um, over her years at FUV. Yeah, I'm super excited. And I think it's going to be a great conversation to learn about all these different alumni. What's the you know, the point of off the air. That's the purpose of this podcast. And this is just another example of a great alumni who's done so much at Fordham and also done so much at WFV. So it's going to be a great conversation. Yeah, absolutely. I'm very pumped to hear what she has to say. And I guess without further ado, we'll just get right into it. This is Miss Kelly Prince. Today, we are joined by a very, very special guest from the Fordham class of 2015. She is a multi-award winning multimedia journalist and has worked for the Norwalk Hour as a city hall reporter and as an enterprise and education education reporter for the Burlington County Times. She began right here with WFUV Sports and now works as a freelance journalist and as a writer and editor here at Fordham. We are so excited to welcome Kelly Prince. Kelly, thank you so much for joining us today. Thank you guys so much for having me. It's great to be back and talk to some fellow FUV people. Yeah, so you are in Fordham University right now, as we can see from your background, and you attended as a student. So I guess just to start off, what made you choose Fordham University? Absolutely. So what I loved about Fordham was the fact that I got to have a real New York City experience and also have a campus feel. It's really attracted me to New York. It allowed me to 
intern because when I was looking for colleges, I didn't really know what I wanted to study. I didn't know if I wanted to do business, communications, what I was, I wasn't really sure. So Fordham kind of offered me the opportunity to really come in, see what I was interested in studying. And it ended up being communications and really giving me the opportunity, not only with things on campus like WFUV and the Fordham Ram, but also its location in New York City to really allow me to intern at some really cool places, including WFAN and CBS Sports Radio, where I really got a chance to get that hands-on education, the stuff I learned at FUV and Fordham and really put it into practice. So that was kind of one of my favorite parts and why I chose Fordham was really its location and what it had to offer. You talked about, you know, why Fordham was the right school for you, but talking specifically about WFUV, what made you get involved with the radio station and why WFUV Sports? Sure. So I've always loved sports. I'll put that out there first. My, I was an only child and my dad had season tickets to Jet Games. So he started taking me to Jet Games when I was about five years old. And that really, despite the Jet success, uh, really, you know, really primed me for loving sports and loving the connection that fans have to their team. So I always had a passion for sports. And that's kind of how I ended up at WFUV Sports. But I joined WFUV actually my sophomore year. I didn't know too much about it coming into Fordham. And then freshman year, I kept hearing all about it, all about this great program. There were kids in some of my communications courses talking about it, the, really the hands-on learning they got, the fact they got to work on the air, work behind the scenes, do kind of a little bit of everything in terms of broadcasting. And they got to be a part of the Fordham sports games. You know, I was going to them as a student and I would see the students on the sideline with like this weird headset and kit on and they'd be interviewing the players and the coaches. And I was like, this seems really cool. And as somebody interested in sports, somebody interested in communications, this seems like a great program for me. So sophomore year, at the start of sophomore year, I applied for the sports program and I was one of, I think about 20 who kind of did the training for a year and then got to work at the station for the last two years there. That's so awesome. So then now, as you've gone into your career as a journalist past FUV and all of that, I guess, how would you say that working at FUV and being a part of this program shaped your journalistic career and your endeavors? So much. Uh, I can't say enough about WFUV. I mean, it's one thing to learn about communications in the classroom. It's one thing to learn about journalism and sit and read a book about it or read about people who've done it. But WFUV lets you do it, right? It lets you go out there. You're out there whether the news or the sports team, you're out there with professional, you are a professional journalist, you're out there with other professional journalists, right? You're at press conferences for coaches with people from, you know, WFAN, ESPN, the local NBC and CBS and affiliates there. You're right next to all those people and you're doing the same kind of work. You're reporting, you're gathering information, you're verifying, you know, you're verifying your information, you're talking with people, you're trying to find the story, trying to find those unique angles. And that's something that WFUV, I think, offers that a lot of kids don't get because you do get to be in the professional locker rooms, right? It's not just, oh, I got to, you know, cover the local college team, which is great and a great experience too, but you really are in the heart of the New York City media market and you really get a chance to, you know, be at these great events and be at these teams. You know, I got to, during my time there, I got to cover the New York Jets. I got to cover the New York Rangers. I got to do some of our Belmont Stakes coverage and really to be there and to go behind the scenes and talking with coaches and players and trainers and also to, you know, being at the Belmont Stakes and being there on game day, just to kind of see that atmosphere come to life is really an invaluable experience. And I think that that kind of set me up even going forward, even though I'm not really working in sports anymore, it still helped me gain those interviewing skills, those fact-finding skills, those storytelling skills that I don't think I would have developed anywhere else. Yeah, so you, you just talked about being a beer reporter at WFV for the Jets, the Rangers, I think, the uh, Yankees as well. What has stuck with you most about those experiences, and what have you been able to take away from being able to cover those games? 
Absolutely. So I did the Staten Island Yankees action at the, I got, didn't get to do the regular Yankees. That's okay. Um, I think all of those really, but the, what really stuck with me is the fact of being able to learn how to hone in my interviewing skills at those places, you know, especially after the games, I vividly remember being in the Rangers locker room, right, as they were about to go to the playoffs that year in 2015, and just to kind of be there and see the players' excitement and to really, you know, have to be a part of that and to be able to stay focused, though, and, okay, I need to talk to this many players, I need to make sure I get the sound bites, I need to make sure I send them back to the station so they can be played on air, so make sure the quality is good. And that really, I think those experiences, both being able to see the excitement and to see there and be a part of those experiences that no, not many people get to be there, not many people get to see a locker room, people get excited about making the playoffs, but to also the ability to have learned from WFUV's experience, to learn from my training, I was able to kind of you know, really fo- you know, hone in and focus and be able to ask the right questions and make sure we got the right sounds that way it could be used for the radio broadcast too. Yeah, absolutely. You were just talking about everything with the radio broadcasts and sending everything back to the station, which Mike and I both know well. So you did a lot of on-air work at FUV as a sideline reporter and studio host and host of one-on-one and all of that. So do you have any particular memories or stark moments that stand out from those experiences? I do, actually. It was, I think it was September. I don't want to mess up the year here, but it was the game that the Fordham Fordham football beat Temple, which was a huge win in the Fordham football history. And I was the studio host that day. So I remember we had like, as a studio host, I was in there like taking notes. And I remember kind of like, you know, okay, this is what we're going to do. This is the highlight. These are the programs we're going to do. And then Michael Niebrick and Sammy, Sam Ajala went on this like game-winning drive and you had to throw out all the notes because obviously that's the call that we're going to go with. That's the one that means the most. So really just being able to think on my feet. I remember Mike Watts had the call of that game and just kind of the excitement in his voice and just to make sure it really captured that moment. I think that really stands out to me is, you know, just uh, being everything happening at once, being on air, having something happen last minute having the producer in your ear being like, oh, they're coming back to you in like 30 seconds. And you're like scribbling down something too, like, oh, this is what I want to say. But I think that that was one of my favorite memories because not only did it teach me so many things about thinking on my feet and working with the control room and working with people who were at the stadium, making sure to send it back to them in time. But it also was just such an exciting moment to be a part of, to see, you know, little Fordham or FCS football program take down this, you know, FBS schools in Temple. It was just such an such an amazing moment to be a part of and one of my all-time favorite WFUV memories. Yeah, I actually, I remember that because my my brother was either going to go to Fordham soon. When that happened, I was like, oh my God, I can't believe Fordham beat Temple. So it's crazy. That's also such a great experience for you. Uh, you know, outside of WFV, you also did a lot while you're at Fordham, you know, intern, I think at WFAN, CBS Sports Radio. What was it like to just be in those professional environments and, you know, as a college kid to have those experiences and get that experience? Absolutely. So I wouldn't have gotten those without WFUV either, right? I know, I mean, I talked about my on-air work, which is, I loved, but I also, you know, WFUV really lets you learn a lot of the behind the scenes stuff. So cutting audio, editing audio, running the board in the studio during the game. Those are all skills that I learned at WFUV that I was able to then use at my internship. So interning at WFAN was a really fun experience. I had the chance to work on the morning show, uh, which was Boomer and Carton back then. And so Jerry Recco was the update anchor. So I would work pretty closely with him and making sure his sound was cut during my internship, making sure he had the right clips he wanted to use. And I know he liked them like very short and tight. So that was definitely an experience of learning how to edit audio for him, making sure it was short and ready. And, you know, he always kind of liked to use some of the funnier clips, not just the like, we did great today at the, you know, post-game comments that people traditionally say he was always looking for like the out of the box sound. So to kind of try and hunt for those through all the 
uh, through all the like audio clips that were coming back in was definitely something. And then CBS Sports Radio, that was a really interesting experience because WFAN is so New York focused, as I'm sure you guys know and listeners know. It's just about New York sports, whereas CBS Sports Radio is this national radio network. And so you're getting feeds in from all across the country. And, you know, what matters in New York doesn't always, you know, matter to like the San Francisco Giants winning. You have to make sure you get that sound. So that way it has, you know, the California audience can hear it too. So that was kind of a really interesting experience of like how to pay attention to a lot of games at once, how to, you know, see which one was coming in first. And we had to change feeds sometimes of like, okay, this game is going to the bottom of the ninth. Let's switch the feed there to make sure we can get the, you know, less, less out, less call from that game. So I think that was a really fun experience to see like how a national market differs from a very local station. Totally. And then you were saying doing a lot of things at once, which you did when you attended Fordham University, as you obviously know, you were in addition to being a beat reporter and working at FUV, you were also the editor in chief of the Fordham Ram. So how did that and how did working at that newspaper help you develop as a journalist? Absolutely. So I think what was unique about my Fordham experience and what I think has helped me in my career is I kind of got to do both a news and sports track. And my career kind of took me in the news track, but I'm still very grateful for all the sports experience I got at WFUV and the skills I learned there. Because at the Ram, I was I started out as an assistant news editor, became news editor and then editor in chief. And then I got to do that kind of in concert with my work at WFUV sports and really getting to learn, you know, sideline reporting and the ins and outs of football, basketball, hockey, et cetera. So I think that for the Ram, what it allowed me to do was to practice my writing skills. I was able to practice interviewing and see how different, how, how I guess interviews work for different mediums, right? What it's easier sometimes to say things in writing, but it doesn't come across as passionately as if you hear someone say it, where it comes across and you can feel the emotion in their voice. And that's something that I always loved about audio, but in writing, sometimes it's easier. You can give the background story. You can give kind of a little bit of context to people's quotes. So I think the Ram really helped me with that skill set and to really help me develop as a multimedia reporter in terms of the fact that I was able to, you know, shoot some photos for them occasionally and then also do writing and editing and really hone in on my like copy editing skills as well. And then I got to pair that with the work at WFUV and to really, you know, learn how audio is different, learn how to write for both the written word and the spoken word and kind of put those skill sets together. So when you made the transition, you know, from sports to more, you know, news, government, community, based multimedia journalism. How did that work and how was the adjustment there? And, you know, what were some differences? What were some things you learned from making that transition? Absolutely. Um, Sports are really fun, I would say, for the most part. That was something that I love is that there's so much fun you can say with sports, both on and off the field. I know, you know, WFUV besides the game coverage, I got to do some things like I think Yankees Hope Week, which was a really cool experience. And that kind of combined, I would say, a little bit of news and sports because it was covering an event. It was seeing the players in an atmosphere outside of the ballpark, outside of the stadium. Um, And so I kind of was able to take those skills, I guess, of interviewing, of, you know, being able to juggle different things, of having to think on your feet really quick, come up with follow-up questions and be able to transition from one thing to another into the world of news and community journalism. And I think that one of the things that, WFUV and WFUV Sports told me was to kind of try to find the story that not everyone is telling. I think that that was something that Bob Aarons kind of emphasized us too, is that, you know, the New York media market can be saturated sometimes. So how do we set ourselves apart? How do we tell that story that maybe, you know, is not going to be the headline from the New York Post, is not going to be the headline from the Daily News? How can we find that those stories behind the scenes? So I was able to kind of take that especially into my work as a journalist and to really kind of look for the stories that aren't being told that are kind of 
no one else is looking into, no one else is exploring, no one else is really telling, and to find voices and stories that maybe had been going unheard or hadn't been represented before. And that's something that I've tried to carry with me ever since then. And also to, I think, again, going back to the fact that sports can be a lot of fun, I think that that's something that, you know, our media system doesn't have a lot of. So I think that that's something too I've tried to do is to try to find the fun stories, try to find the interesting stories and tell things that matter, maybe in a more interesting way, whether that's through writing or through, I got to do a little video work in my career too. So kind of telling those stories in different ways and to really make them come to life for people. So that way it's not just, you know, oh, there's a budget meeting you have to learn about. It's like, okay, well, what's in that? What's something exciting? How's that going to affect you? Yeah, absolutely. So you were just talking about telling the lesser known story and kind of finding that. And I hate to quote you to you right now, but um, you say in your bio that you believe that, quote, the role of local and regional journalists is to show how government impacts communities and bring to light issues in those areas that need to be brought front and center, like you were just talking about. So could you talk about kind of what brought you to that belief system and how that has then shaped your experience when you're writing and producing media through that lens? Absolutely. So I think one of the, in this, I'll tell it through, I guess, kind of the story or series of stories I did when I was working at the Burlington County Times in South Jersey, I did a series of stories on the opioid crisis down there. And one of the things that really stood out to me was I had heard at a local meeting, I was sitting at a board of education meeting and they were talking about using Narcan in schools. And that kind of caught my attention because I was, you know, like, why do we need to use Narcan? This is, you know, it's a simple policy change, but it's interesting that this high school is talking about bringing Narcan there, which is kind of to use to revive people who have suffered from an overdose. And so I started looking into it and I noticed that our newspaper had really only ever done crime coverage, right? So-and-so got arrested for heroin possession. So-and-so got arrested for having drugs on them, but I don't think we ever really explored behind that. So that was something that kind of stood out to me. And then in my months reporting there, and I'm very grateful that the newspaper there let me you know, it, it was not the easiest time for newspapers. Resources are a little scarce. So I was very grateful for my editors there for giving me some time and space to really reach out to community members, reach out to community groups, reach out to families who had suffered loss and to people who had been in recovery to kind of really get a fuller picture and story. And I think that that reporting process has stuck with me so much since then, because I did just the look on some of their faces sometimes that someone was listening to them and somebody wanted to hear their story and wanted to understand, you know, how their family was going through this difficult time and why they wanted to share their son's story so that way maybe they could make a difference in another child's life or what it was like for them to, you know, have been struggling with addiction and to recover from that and what that looked like for them. Just to find out that somebody cared about them and wanted to share their story. I, I, can, I won't ever forget those people's faces and how they felt about that and kind of, you know, just the, the thank you for listening is what they basically would say to me so often. And I think that that was something that I think is really important for journalists across the country, student, you know, professionals to really think about is how are our stories, how are what we are telling impacting people? And I think that they did such a great job of, you know, showing why, showing why it matters to, to raise up those voices and to find those stories that people aren't talking about and to see, you know, how it's made a difference in their lives. You know, they were able to use the stories I told about them to, you know, show to other organizations, highlight their work, to use it as proof, honestly, for some government funding for them to apply for grants and to kind of, you know, to support their work as well. So I think that that's something that really stood out to me is just making sure that there are so many stories out there that aren't being told and kind of, you know, giving those people the respect and ability to tell their stories is something that really mattered to me and something that that stuck with me ever since. Yeah. So you just talked about, you know, covering that opioid crisis story with state of emergency series, you know, what inspired that project and, you know, what got you involved to cover that? 
So that was a really interesting uh, collaboration between myself and two other reporters, uh, Marion Callahan and Jenny Wagner, to, who I worked with, who um, the way the newspapers were set up down at the time was this family owned three newspapers in South Jersey and in Pennsylvania. And so they had seen some of my initial reporting on the opioid crisis that I had done myself. And then they were talking about the fact that it was a big challenge for them there as well and what issues were kind of crossing borders, right? What issues were both Pennsylvania and New Jersey facing? And the states were taking very different approaches to how they were addressing them, right? At the time, it was Governor Christie in New Jersey who had declared it a state of emergency and kind of what efforts he was putting forth. And then in Pennsylvania, you know, the laws were a little different too. They had different funding mechanisms than New Jersey did. So we kind of were inspired by some individual reporting on both sides of the river there. And we decided to kind of combine forces then to think about, you know, okay, how can we tell the story bigger? How can we tell it broader? How can we really find issues that are crossing borders and mattering to people? And so to your point, kind of the impetus for that was some of the original reporting I had done in New Jersey and then that they had done in Pennsylvania. And we decided that, you know, it was a good opportunity to really see if we could use the platform of the newspaper to elevate these voices of people who were on the streets, who were fighting this battle every day of trying to get people help of people who were trying to get help and kind of really highlighting those those stories to that matter to members of the community. Yeah, absolutely. And was there anything in this coverage of the crisis that surprised you or anything that was maybe a shock to learn something you didn't expect going into it when you first began this series that ended up lasting over a year? There were definitely a lot of things. Um, the thing that jumped to mind is just so like the, the love and care that so many people had in the community. There was this one family I covered who lost their son, Chris, um, and they telling their story, they took out a second mortgage on their house to help pay for his treatment and to really help pay for, you know, his efforts in recovery. And I think that that's something we don't think about all the time is, you know, how much impact this has on the family as a whole, it's not just the person who's struggling. And of course they have their own challenges and things that they need to deal with, but the whole family is really impacted by it financially, emotionally, they were kind of drained from it. And I think that that really stood out to me is just, wow, you know, you don't always think about people taking out second mortgages or having to raise their grandkids, but those were things that kind of really came out of that series that I think shocked me. And I think shocked some of our readers too. And they were like, you know, this, I didn't realize that this was a problem, right? Oftentimes it's like, there's not enough beds and you hear that very often and that still is a problem but for you know to think about you know having to raise your grandkid what does that look like having to take out a second mortgage what does that look like it's those personal stories that i think were kind of really shocking to me that i didn't realize were happening yeah absolutely and then i guess off of that there was a, a facebook group opened as a response to this project to engage with community members that was allowing a space for questions and direction and i guess how do you feel that that then impacted the project as a whole or how it impacted your engagement with the community or what you saw come out of that? Because that's, I think, a really special thing to see happen when so often it's like the story is then done, but this was a, a prolonged um, project within the community. Yeah, and I think that that was, I really thought that that helped kind of guide our reporting, I would say, in a lot of ways. Like we had kind of an initial idea of one or two stories we wanted to tell at the start, but we kind of started hearing from members of the community in that Facebook group in particular of being like, hey, we're having this meeting or this event at that day, would you come? And so we would get invited to these things and we would use that and go to these events and meet a whole new group of people. And they had their whole new set of stories that they were able to tell us. And it really opened up a whole bunch of different avenues for us. And I think it also helped build trust a little bit. I think, you know, people, respected the fact that we showed up for them, that we were there for them, that we were able to answer questions that they had, whether it was, oh, I saw your story on sober houses and, you know, do you have any other information? And we could send them a link to our story and to other resources that we had used to do our reporting. 
And they were very appreciative of that kind of like one-on-one -on -one communication, because I think, especially in local journalism, right, it feels you're, you really are a part of that community. It feels different if you're watching TV and the person is sitting, you know, in a studio hundreds of miles away from you. But as a local journalist, right, like I lived in the same town as some of these people. I went to the supermarket they went to too. So I think kind of showing up and being there for them really meant a lot. And I think that that Facebook group was a great example of a way we could hear direct feedback and not just, you know, hoping our story mattered to people and hoping it did well out there. We were able to really hear from them about, oh, I appreciated this part or, oh, I didn't actually appreciate this part. You didn't add this perspective. Could you do that next time? And I think that that helped us become better reporters and more responsive to the community too. Cause then we'd be like, oh, you know, we didn't think about including a person in recovery in that story, but you're right. That probably was a voice you were missing. So I think we, you know, made us better too, as we went through this year long series. You have recently founded the coastal Connecticut times covering news in Southeast Connecticut. You know, I was just looking at that. I was just wondering, you know, what inspired that? And then what's been the journey, you know, running your own news site. I, I, that's something that I was really wondering about. Sure. So that's kind of started as a side project. Like I mentioned, they do work for Fordham. So I do that full time as a you know writer and editor for Fordham. But so kind of on my weekends and nights, what I've been doing is listening to local government meetings, going to local community events. And kind of the, the inspiration for that is over the pandemic, I kind of noticed that I didn't really feel like there was a lot of local news that was valuable or that was that I could find that I was looking for personally and friends were looking for too about, you know, what's happening in my community and why. And that's kind of been a question that's come up a lot of times in talking with residents around my area. Um, I used to work in the area as a journalist, so I have a lot of connections there still and kind of hearing from people about this meeting's happening. I didn't know when, I didn't know about this meeting. I didn't know about this project. What's getting built here? Why is my road shut down? People just didn't have this basic information. So I thought about trying to start a site about to kind of provide that. And then the other side of the question came up too about, well, why are things happening, right? Why is my community flooding more than it used to? Why are all my schools under construction? Like why is enrollment growing in my town? Why, a lot of these why questions came up. So I kind of paired them both together for this project. And I had the opportunity to take a class over the summer called, through the Google News Initiative. And it was kind of a boot camp class where we would meet once a week at night. And I would kind of have the chance to, you know, study and put a little bit of that into practice, right? I'd go to late night meetings with people and I'd talk to them after work and kind of get their sense of what they were missing. So I'm kind of, like I said, it's in the very early stages of this site right now. But my goal with it is to really help be a resource for the community to kind of provide that basic information of, you know, we do a weekly newsletter about here are the important meetings that are happening. Here are the initiatives that are happening in your area so that people can have that basic sense of, oh, I do care about this development project in town. It's on the agenda for Tuesday's meeting. Let me go to that. And then also trying to do some original reporting that answers the why. So, so far, done a series on mental health in the area because that kind of kept coming up to the top at a lot of these meetings is, you know, well, what are the specific mental health challenges in Connecticut? What are some of the providers doing about it? And then providing people with the fact that, okay, there is this challenge. How can you get involved, right? Whether it's if you want to call your legislator, whether it's if you want to volunteer your time, whether if you want to do all these different things. And I think that that's part of what I'm hoping to do with the site. That's excellent. And then, so you were saying about like shaping everything in the community and creating a, a foundation for communication through that. And so we are obviously both still in college. And I mean, I can't speak for how Mike is doing in this journey, but um, I know we're at an age where a lot of us are kind of trying to figure out our voice as journalists, as media producers. I know at least I am definitely. So I guess, was there 
a particular moment um, or moments where you felt like you had really like formed your worldview as a journalist or anything like that? Because I think, yeah, so many of us are just at this age where everything is so up in the air. <laughs> no, that's, that's a great question. That's a really great question. I would say, I would say my worldview is definitely continuing to evolve, right? I think that my, I guess, advice or way, my, the way my worldview involves is talking with different people. And I think that that's something that I think is so important for journalists and media members and communications professionals of all ages is to really get out there and to talk to your audience, to talk to people who you want to engage with, because I think that that's what matters most, right? You want to provide a service to them. That's my view of journalism anyway, is to provide a service for people and to provide them with information that can better their lives. So I think that in order to do that, you need to talk to them. And I think that my worldview continues to shift from that, you know, being able to, as a reporter at the Burlington County Times, you know, cover stories of people from people who were undocumented, people who were in recovery, people who were parents, people who were single parents, and to really kind of get that connection to those people. And then also to, even in my work at Fordham, being able to tell the stories of people here who, you know, are alumni who have started their own business or who are students studying a specific research project. I think that all of those voices kind of helped me shape my worldview and shape how I feel about things or how I think about issues. And, you know, makes me, you know, think of, okay, well, this mom thought this way because, you know, she's a single parent. I don't have that experience, but she does. So what is that like for her and how would this decision affect her? So I think that that's something that I try to keep in mind and kind of continue to as my worldview evolves for, for journalism. And so I know we mentioned the state of emergency series, but has there been any other stories that you've worked on that maybe you've really enjoyed writing or working on, or maybe ones that particularly moved you and, you know, helped change you or become the journalist you are now? Sure. I would say that one was obviously a very big one. Um, there was also, I would say there's two others. One was that still not to the Burlington County Times, I did a series on farmers. And that was really interesting to me because it was a big story on, you know, how the different seasons were affecting these local farmers. And that was something to me that I never really thought of. I'll be very honest to somebody who, you know, goes to the grocery store and gets most of her food there. I never thought about where food came from often, but talking with them and kind of, they took me out into their fields and showed me, you know, okay, the deer really ate my crop and now I'm going to suffer thousands of dollars of loss or my fields got flooded. And this is what this means for this crop I'm producing. And that really kind of opened my eyes to a different world of just like, I, you don't think about, oh God, the corn that you buy in the store does come from this family who farms it until you see it kind of for yourself. And I think that that was a really powerful story for me and just making sure, you know, of keeping my perspectives open and of just kind of thinking about the story behind the story and kind of, you know, just like I said, kind of seeing you know, where things come from and how they happen. And then I would also say um, a story from my time here at Fordham that really stuck out to me too in telling is we did a story on alumni who were working on the front lines of the COVID-19 pandemic. And that was a really fascinating and eye-opening look too, to really, you know, see how our alumni from so many different fields from being, who were doctors, who were nurse practitioners, who were healthcare workers, and who were really risking themselves to kind of help people to kind of support them during these challenging times and then to, you know, not always worry about themselves but putting themselves second and putting these people who they were caring for first. And I think that that was a really fascinating story to be able to be a part of and tell and to share, you know, the healthcare worker stories. Cause I think at that time too, we didn't know about what they were going through. And it was really interesting to see, you know, how their lives changed so much from COVID, how they kind of COVID took over everything in their lives, right? No matter what specialty they were, they were now a COVID responder. So I think that that was something that really stood out to me too, was just kind of being able to tell and elevate their stories. 
You've written a number of very impactful stories. Um, so I guess, and now because of those, you've been a winner and a finalist for multiple different awards over your time as a journalist. Is there one that you're most proud of or that just really like sticks out to you? Absolutely. Um, the Wilson Bardo Rookie of the Year Award I won in New Jersey really meant a lot to me because I think that that kind of stood out as somebody, you know, saying that they saw me early in my career as a journalist and saying that they, you know, my writing made a difference and saying that, you know, my work really stood out to them. So I think that was one. And then the other one was kind of a community award. I won on, it was the first time ever, I guess, a group of some of the people who were in recovery and who were community prevention providers in South Jersey put together uh, an award at one of their, I guess, like awareness events. And they gave it to me to kind of thank me for elevating their stories for the opioid crisis. And that really meant a lot to me because that came from the community and not just the professional organization, but that really came from community members who felt that my work was making a difference for them. So yeah, we talked so much about your career as a journalist on air at Fordham. And now it seems like you find yourself coming full circle, working again at Fordham. What does that mean to you? And I guess just how does it seem that you started your career at Fordham and now you're back at Fordham where you're, you're still working as a journalist? Yeah, absolutely. Fordham's kind of been there for me in all parts of my life, right? I'm very grateful to Fordham as an institution. It's given me so many wonderful things from not only my career, I mean, personal life, I have got made friends for life at Fordham and at WFUV that I'm forever grateful for. And so it's, it's different coming back, I would have to say as a staff member, it's definitely a different perspective to kind of see, you know, the university through a different lens. But I would say what I love about coming here and coming full circle is kind of Fordham's mission, right? That doesn't change the fact that it wants to, you know, bring in students and make them into change makers to make them into men and women for others and to make them you know care about people across the across the country across the world and to really make you kind of have that that sense of pure personality really stands out to me so I think that in my time at Fordham now I try to continue to tell those stories so I work a lot with um, our undergraduate admissions team and recruiting prospective students so I work with a lot of telling stories about young alumni telling stories that might interest high school students that when they could picture themselves coming to Fordham, coming to be like what you guys are to kind of see themselves here at Fordham. So I kind of keep that mission in mind too in my work and trying to think about how do I tell stories that matter to high school students? How do I write copy? How do I create information pamphlets or brochures or presentations that can really help young people as they make their decision consider Fordham as an option because it does you know, it means a lot to me and it means a lot, I think, to so many other Fordham students too and kind of that mission and how do we continue to share it with the next generation. Yeah, totally. And now that you are back and I guess seeing FUV in its entirety from the outside, what do you see that is similar or I guess dissimilar to your time at FUV Sports? Sure. So I would say one of the biggest things is you guys do so much more. Not that we didn't do a lot back then we did, but I know you guys are much more involved with video and digital content. And I think that was just kind of coming on as I was leaving. I think it was my senior year. We started playing around with some of the video cameras. We started kind of testing out some of the, you know, shooting video shots, shooting stand-ups, doing all of that work there. So I think you guys have come so far in that regard. I think that one of the great things about WFPV is that it does continue to evolve with the times, right? So like, you know, video content is a huge thing now for your audience for trying to reach people. So I think that that's a really exciting phase to see WFPV move into. But I also think that what stayed the same and what I'm grateful for is the fact that it does give students this really incredible hands-on opportunity that I don't think they would get many other places. I know even now telling Fordham stories, telling Fordham stories, we love to look for WFPV stories because we love to highlight students like you guys who are really out in the field doing this kind of work because 
that's almost unheard of in a lot of other places. I think that that's something that's kind of, I'm glad to see that that mission has stayed intact despite the pandemic, despite all the different changes in media as a whole over the last couple of years. Totally. And then before we go, we're almost out of time, but I just want to ask if there's anything else you want to leave us with any other stories from your time at FUV or words of wisdom um, from your career as a journalist so far. I think I would just basically say, um, listen to the people and take advice from the people who are in charge there. I know Bob Barron's isn't there, but I know Bobby Ciappardini was there when I was, he kind of came in towards the end of my time there, but both of them meant so much to me. I think Bob was a great, Bob Aaron's was a great mentor for me and kind of really helped set me on a path. He, I probably talked too fast in this interview and he's probably yelling at me from his couch now, but always tried to tell me to slow down when I could and to try to really, again, get me to think outside the box and to get me to think of different story ideas. So I'm forever grateful for that. And so I guess piece of advice if you listen to the great mentors there, I know on the news side, Robin Shannon does an amazing job and she helped me even too when I was anchoring the AM updates and it was just her and I in the studio. She would give me tips sometimes and she would give me help and support. So just, there's a really great group of people there at WFUV and I hope you guys and everyone there can take advantage of all their advice and wisdom and learn from them because they're really, they've helped me so much. Absolutely. I get the note to slow down all the time. So I feel <laughs> you on that one as a fellow fast talker. But that is all the time we have today. I want to say thank you so much for joining us, Kelly, and for providing us with all of your stories and words of wisdom. And I hope to see you around Fordham. Absolutely. I'm uh, at Rose Hill about once a month. So I'll come stop by and say hi. Perfect. Thank you so much. Thank you, Kelly. Thank you. Well, thank you so much again to Kelly for joining us today. That was such an excellent conversation. She had so much wisdom about her experiences and her time at FUV. And it was really nice to hear from someone who's still in the Fordham community actively. Yeah, I think to have an alumni that not only went to WFUV, did so much after they graduated, but came back to Fordham and now is actively in the Fordham community. I think that's just awesome. And we got so much great information out of her about her experiences at WFV, her experiences in the journalism world, but then also back here at Fordham. And then I, I have to think, Sam, when I think about, you know, what she left us with those parting thoughts about WFUV and Fordham community and her experiences at the station, I think those are really ones that are going to resonate with me. And I think anyone that was able to listen to this episode. Yeah, I absolutely agree. I think with every alumnus that we talk to and with every person that we have on off the air it just I'm more and more grateful for my time at FUV but it also becomes so prevalent what the core values of this station are and have how they've remained I mean she graduated almost 10 years ago and some of the things that she's saying about finding the lesser known story and about finding what makes you unique and about taking the time to learn. I think those are still values that we're told every day to cherish and to learn with at FUV. So it's really exciting to see how that has um, prevailed and stayed with the station. Yeah, hundred percent agree. And she said how much the station has changed, but when you talk about the critiques or what they ask you to improve upon or what they're preaching at the station, those are the things that have stayed the same. So as much as the station might've changed over the years and have developed, with the improvement or the development of technology in these modern times, it's still the same WFV. It's still preaching the same things. It's still developing broadcasters, on-air hosts, reporters, producers, the same way it always has. So I think to see that and to see what she has done since graduating gives confidence to anyone at WFV right now and anyone that is looking to come to this radio station and be a part of Fordham Radio Station WFV. 
I absolutely agree. And I mean, it's, it's also really nice to see her still, like I said, being so involved and being back in the community because it is this kind of everlasting legacy of FUV sports. And the more I listen to people talk about it and the more I just meet people in the community, it's really nice to be a part of a program and to talk to so many people who say that FUV has meant so much to them, both professionally and in terms of their career, but also in terms of their development as a young adult or as an adult now. Yeah, she talked about her development and then she talked about what that led to and the stories she was able to do. She talked about how she was able to cover that opioid crisis in the state of emergency series for over a year and how big of an impact that had on her and the people in the community and also starting that newspaper or the new site, Coastal Connecticut Times, um, and just her journey through that and what inspired her to do that. So she's had so many experiences since leaving Fordham and then just to see her talk about it to see her, you know, give a little bit about her experiences since leaving Fordham, bringing her back to Fordham. A great conversation, and I learned so much, I think, for myself, and I think everyone else did. Yeah, absolutely, I did too. We cannot thank Kelly enough for coming on off the air today and joining us and sharing all of her stories and wisdom. I know, like you said, I also learned a lot, and I'm definitely going to take a lot of the things that she said with me in my time as a journalist and in my time as a student at Fordham. So once again, thank you to Kelly Prince and Off the Air is a production of WFUV Sports. Have a great afternoon, everybody.